with Alex Ross. So Alex, welcome. And if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself now, that would be great. Awesome. So I went to Garen and graduated in 2015. I went to Ball State. I studied interpersonal communications and counseling. And then I went on to be a missionary for years with this organization called The Culture Project. And what I was dedicated to was living um, somewhere throughout the country with a group of people in community and serving the diocese by going to schools, going to parishes, going to the streets and preaching the truths about who the human person is and what they're made for. So I've talked to thousands and thousands of students about what it means to be human, about the glory of that, about the beauty and goodness of our sexuality and how the world can take advantage of it and, and maybe twist something that's meant to be so good and lead us to holiness, lead us to vocation, lead us to God and um, about human dignity. And so that's been a lot of my experience in the past few years. And now I'm still working for the Culture Project, but I am the missionary formator. So I get the gift of helping to coach our missionaries and how to give these presentations and how to engage in their spiritual life and growing community life. And I put on trainings for them. So this is my first year in that new role and it's been a joy. Okay. So let's go back to the beginning then. So growing up, you know, what was your prayer life like, your family life uh, before Garen? Let's see. So before Garen, I think I related to God the most through beauty I was just so captivated by the world around me. Even from a very young age, I would be that girl writing poems in her cherry blossom tree outside her window as like a four-year-old. And that is something that just moved my heart towards the divine. It was so clear, especially in that state of childlike innocence, that beauty spoke of God, that creation spoke of God. And so a lot of my prayer life was just talking to him as I'd explore the forest or as I'd be laying in the like grass. And so that was this one element in one wing of my prayer life. And then I think the other wing was structure through my family system. We said the rosary every day on Sundays, not every day, every Sunday. And that family rosary really grounded us. And even today, I'm the oldest of five. We're all scattered around, but we always have a FaceTime call every Sunday. And if we are available, we hop on to pray the rosary with our parents. And it is something that growing up, we're like, okay, this is just something we do. We pray the rosary. Cool. But I think as each of us have grown up, have realized the power of and how our mother Mary actually wants to guide us and claim us and intercede for us on behalf of all of humanity to her son. So that's been something that's been a consistent theme throughout my whole life, and especially through my childhood. I mentioned earlier how growing up beauty was the main way Jesus spoke to me. How I just knew God was real was because of beauty, because the world was beautiful. But when I went to high school, I think the way that the Lord communicated with me changed a bit. And if you've ever heard of the transcendentals, the transcendentals refer to three ways in which God reveals himself in a deep way in this world. And those are truth, beauty, and goodness. And so I think throughout my life, I've been cycling through what transcendental really lifts my heart to heaven more. 
And that's what transcendental means. It means it transcends just the basic level of our humanity and brings us somewhere higher. And for me, once I got to Garen, that was through the transcendental of truth. I was in my sophomore year of high school and I was in theology class and we were going through Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And when we were going through the proofs of God's existence, everyone like in the class, they're like, oh, this is kind of cool. But something was happening in my heart. I was like, hold up. If this is true, that God is real. Like I knew he was real, but like here I am using reason to see the proofs of why that makes sense on this intellectual level. And the fact that he could also reveal himself there blew my mind, that he could reveal himself in the nitty gritty of philosophy and intellect. And I went to the library after school that day and bought about 10 books, which I returned regretfully like six years later um, after I'd already graduated about purgatory and angels and miracles and the Eucharist and Mary. And I just devoured them on my bed. And that was a huge turning point for me because I realized that if I believe who God says he is, then I have to believe he's truth. And he, everything he says is true, including what he says about me. And so it changed the way that I lived. I went from a very self-conscious kind of in myself woman to someone who was very free. And the people around me would ask what happened that year. A lot of people asked, okay, you're different. What happened? And at the time I didn't know what had happened, but when I look back, it's because God pierced me with truth and that changes things because why we're talking about prayer here. Right. And the thing about prayer, the thing about encountering God in truth, beauty, goodness, in confession, in mass, in the rosary, any prayer experience, the thing about encounter with God is it changes us so much. And I got to see the fruits of that. So that really started a new chapter of my life at Garen. I started going to um, daily mass every once in a while. And not going to lie, I was embarrassed to ask my Kairos teacher to go to daily mass. So <laughs> that's out there. Um, I get it. Like, I'm like, is everyone going to think I'm a nerd? But <laughs> I swore my teacher thought I was a nerd. I was like, oh, no. And so slowly throughout. Um, my time at Garen, I started to become like just more confident in owning the fact that, yeah, no big deal. I wanted to go and sit in that sacred space in mass in the chapel during a long lunch period or before or after school. I'll be honest, mainly after I got to got to school every day by a hair. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, I started embracing that more and it really set me up for success, I think, especially when, when for when I went to college. That's just lovely. So then after Garen, you said you went to Ball State. So what was it like going there and not being in a Catholic school? I mean, exposed to different people and trying to live your faith. I think it was incredible. I think that faith blossoms when there are people to share it with. And I think a lot of people, they find a lot of pressures in college. And I certainly did. But the more I found people who were also in my corner trying to live intentional lives, they didn't even have to be Catholic. They just Mm -hmm. could be Christian. They could be people who are just really seeking to live a meaningful life. I found my crowd and it was beautiful. And then I found that it made my encounters with whoever on campus, no matter how secular, so much more rich and meaningful 
there were assignments I had in class. I'm a communications major to go out and talk to random people in bars on the streets and just hear about their life. And the amount of ex-Catholics I encountered was crazy. And the fact that they got to see someone who actually just cared about them was so important. So for anyone going to college, I think one of my big, big pieces of advice would be find your community, find Catholic community, find intentionality. Those are the people who helped me enter Bible studies, who encouraged going to mass with me. But then once you really have that rooted community for whatever, never, ever just stay shut up in your community. It's Mm -hmm. such a gift to not live in a bubble. And the college campus is somewhat of a bubble, but it also is more diverse than most people are exposed to in their lifetime. And you get to encounter people from so many walks of life, so many different faith backgrounds and bring that faith to animate those conversations. So I think that alone actually helped make my faith flourish because I got to just see it in the way that I interacted with other people. That's awesome. And so what is, you know, after college and you got involved in the culture project, I mean, what is your kind of rhythm of prayer life like now in your adult life? Yeah, great question. So as a missionary, we were committed to daily holy hour and daily mass, as well as at least weekly community prayer. But really it was whenever we were together and we wanted to make something intentional. Hey, we're going to this event. Let's pray for how it goes. Hey, look, there's an ambulance on the side of the road. Let's, let's pray. Right. So that's something called prayer triggers, which people are probably learning about when they allow something to remind them that it's, it's a great time to pray and lift and offer that to the Lord. So that became a huge part of my life. And now as a young adult, I am not bound to that missionary commitment, but I get to make it freely. So I know if I don't carve out that sacred space in my day, things fall apart. (laughs) Things fall apart really fast. And we desire so badly as human beings to put something on a pedestal, to worship something, to fill our time with something, to find meaning that we will chase it anywhere else. And Mm -hmm. I can tell you that for a fact, after the amount of times, probably 70 hundred that I've learned that when I stop praying, my phone addiction skyrockets. I find myself in after a meaningless YouTube binge at four o'clock in the morning. And I remember what I missed that day that grounded me, would have grounded me to be able to say no to other things. And that's orienting myself to the one who is greater. So that's a big part of my day. And my commitment is I know I have to cut the meat and I have to have to pray. I have to have a sacred space. And I love silence. I love silence. I love music, but I love silence to hear the Lord and just wait upon him because he does speak. My favorite type of prayer is community prayer and charismatic prayer. (laughs) Charismatic prayer is when you just wait upon the Holy Spirit and allow him to speak. And sometimes he puts images upon your heart, sometimes just a sense of peace, sometimes the word. But when you're together with other people, it's very vulnerable but it's just such a gift to put your trust and put your money where your mouth is of the Lord is going to speak to us and you wait upon him and he will speak. So I would say that prayer communally with others has been some of the most powerful moments in my life and something that 
looking at my own life, I'm, I'm engaged. If I didn't have that in my relationship, my life would be a lot less fulfilling because what makes life fulfilling to me is knowing that the Lord's just smiling on the things that I'm inviting him into and following his lead. And I know that confidently when I enter into prayer, especially with the ones that I love. So I think that's the main way that I tend to pray is through that silence, especially in front of the Eucharist mm-hmm. every single day, like non-negotiable every single day, even if I'm not feeling it. Okay. Then five minutes. Cause if I can't do five minutes, then my screen time is revealing where my priorities lie. Yeah, that's um, true. It's five minutes, just five minutes. And then I think 20 is a really good sweet spot to work yourself up to. Eventually one hour is, is pretty easy every once in a while, but I think 20 minutes is just enough for all the distractions to leave. And so, yeah, that, and then poetry. I love to write poetry. So. So what's your advice for, um, Garen freshmen to help kind of establish a day? I mean, think back when you were a freshman, like what someone just doesn't pray at all or is just starting to explore prayer like what advice would you have for them absolutely well I can tell you one story in the culture project one year we started saying the morning offering and I was like wow this is so beautiful I wish I had heard this before this is so pretty and then I visited Garen one day and saw it on the wall and all the memories flooded back of how I literally said it every single day (laughs) I share that to say enter in because eventually maybe one day you'll understand what you're saying and enter into the prayer experiences already built around you at Garen. That is a gift. And then I really would say, use the chapel. Like I said, a sacred space is a special place. If you aren't setting apart time to just be to converse with the creator of the universe, then you're just missing an important conversation. And that's not to shame anyone who isn't doing that right now. Let's say to say like, hey, look at the invitation in front of you. And in order to really enter in, I find that when I enter into a set apart space, like a place in time, a location, it helps me to enter a set apart space in my heart as well. Mm-hmm. And so that is my biggest advice to a Garen freshman is go to the chapel every day. Even if it's to walk in and do the sign of the cross, genuflect and leave, that mm-hmm. is so much better than just living this busy, interrupted life where you're chasing. You don't have to chase with the Lord because he chases you. Mm-hmm. And we're, we live such restless lives that I think it, it's important for us to remember that our Lord himself is rest and he's always there. So I see your, does it look like you're engaged? Yeah. When are you getting married? I'm getting married hopefully next summer or fall. We're nice. still, we just got engaged trying well, to figure congratulations. out Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. I love that. Is there anything else you have to say? Hmm. I would say if anybody is looking for resources when it comes to some of the things I mentioned with the Culture Project, what we talk about, we're called the Culture Project because we want to restore culture to a world where people understand the beauty and the goodness of the human person and how they were created. And we have a website, it's called thecultureproject.org with tons of blog posts by young people who are looking to figure out the same questions you are with YouTube, 
videos explaining some of the things we're struggling with, with a TikTok, all of these different links. So please know that there are people like you who are like, okay, how do I practically live love in relationship who are creating resources for you if that is a block at all? St. John Paul II, he has a quote that I think and have seen the truth of, which is, in this day and age, the greatest obstacle to spirituality is sexuality, not because sexuality is bad, but because it's being distorted. And so if that is a place where you experience a lot of pain or confusion, because it's probably the most confusing part of our existence, um, just know you're not alone and that we are seeking to just provide clarity, answers, and, and peace to you in, in those places. And we're, we would love to be a resource to you. That's lovely. I appreciate you sharing that with your uh, the Garen students. That's wonderful. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Alex. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. Absolutely. <laughs>